shut up. Uh-huh. Okay, what's up? Shut up. Uh-huh. Okay, what's up? Hey guys, what's up? You're listening to the MFCEO Project. I'm Andy, I'm your host, and you know the fucking rest. I'm here with my co-host Vaughn Kohler, the pastor of disaster. What's up, my dude? I've decided I'm never going to answer the question, what's up? I'm just going to reply by asking you a random question. All right, what's the question? What's the very first rap album you remember listening to? Boys in the Hood soundtrack. Really? Boys in the Hood soundtrack. Okay, very good. Boys in the Hood. Very good. The soundtrack of Boys in the Hood. and Because the boys in the hood are always hard. They come talking their trash. You're going to pull their card. Knowing nothing in life but to be legit. Don't quote me, boy, because I ain't saying what, Sal? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, By the way, we since we don't... To that, we have, since, we since have we a don't, special guest here yeah. um, today. My my brother, Sal, Frisella. And I'm going to kick your ass. You don't do a good job. Yeah. It's only because the rock canceled, so I figured I yeah. was it was like a fitting. Yeah. The rock, sub. Did, the rock canceled. Yeah. So I'm like, his flight got delayed. You know what? Well, that was pretty good though. Good man. I remember yeah. we used to listen to that at mom's house. You know, in the in the one little CD, we had one CD player. It was like yeah. big because our stepdad Dude, was, it was the fucking that, audio. It was, yeah, it was like the onky. Onky, like, don't <laughs> fucking touch <laughs> it. Like don't fucking don't touch fucking it. Touch it. Yeah. Those motherfuckers <laughs> went to work and that shit was on all day. Dude, the same. I, you know, I wish we, we listened to Boys in the Hood soundtrack for dude. Four years. It was like the only rap song that that like we could even or we weren't allowed to listen to it, but we had access to it. Yeah. And we weren't allowed to watch it either. So we, we remember we went to Marco Glogovac's house after yeah. after baseball one day, and his mom let us rent it. We had to we yeah. had to ride up the Schnooks. We rented it for a dollar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's still one of the greatest movies ever. I, I watch wish, it every time I wish it's on. As a yeah. gift, I could go back in time and record myself. Driving down Main Street, Hutchinson, Kansas, in a Ford F one fifty, a nineteen seventy three Ford F one fifty, with with you, dude. Uh, Vaughn's the dude from Office, Office Space. Space. <laughs> <laughs> he fucking rolls slowly the rolled window. the window up. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so good to have you, Sal. Yeah, it well, is. Thanks good. for having me. And the reason, yeah. the real reason we have him here is uh, we are going to talk about the number one skill that you can develop when it comes to your career, when it comes to business, when it comes to making money. And that's sales. It's how to sell shit. Uh, just to let you guys know, um, Sal is uh, the president of operations at First Form. He runs the company. Uh, he started out as director of sales and moved up from there. Before that, he was at J&J, which Johnson Johnson Ethicon. He was the number one sales rep in the world out of 10,000 reps for two years in a row. So he's perfectly qualified for this discussion. He spent, and he'll be the first to tell you, one trillion nights on the road selling shit. Uh, in that right, what is it, one trillion? One trillion and one. One trillion and one. It always grows. I just got back from New York, so I had to yeah. add that one. Yeah. So it's always, you know, oh, I spent 75 nights on the road this year. How many <laughs> nights did you spend on the road? That, hey, that's that's the trillion. internal it's argument. The, it, no, it's not the internal argument. It's the ultimate dick measuring contest of salespeople. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like how far, you know, how, how many nights have you spent on the road? How, many, you Marriott, how many Marriott points do you have? Are you willing right. to grind? Right. 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 So I mean, when, when like you have it. platinum status, I haven't even stayed at a Marriott in probably seven or eight months, and I still remain my platinum status. It's like it's like yeah, I fucking got now, it. Now, now, question: Were you literally on the road, or did you fly anywhere? No, I mean for the first year of he well, drove, we had a little just, Nissan Maxima yeah. that we that we we bought, mm -hmm. and we're like, dude, here's your company car, and he put like fucking two hundred thousand miles on it in like a year. 
So no, awesome. he's on a fucking. I actually road. like that car. The yeah. car for all people. I mean, I would I would actually buy. Oh, it's a great Maxima car again. Yeah, 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 it's nice. Yeah, it's good. Spent a lot of time in it. Though. But but look, you got to fucking hustle to sell. You you got to make calls. You got to go see people. Everybody knows these things. Today we're gonna get down to the nitty gritty of how to sell shit and understand that it is a way of life. Okay. And, and what I mean by that isn't like, Oh, I got to live and breathe and be working 24 hours a day to sell. What I mean is that the principles and practices that make you good in sales are also what make you successful in all areas of life. So as we're speaking about this, you're going to hear us talk about not just actually selling a product, but how it's going to impact you in other ways. All right. Most people, like if you're 16, 15, 16, 17 years old and you're looking like, I need to get a job uh, right now, dude, go to retail sales. Go mm-hmm. go get a job in retail and somewhere where you earn commission and that will be a great place to start. Um, most people are scared of sales. They hear sales and they think like, you know, high pressure used car salesman guy. And that is the exact opposite way of what sales really is. Um, and you need to get out there, get in the game and, and, and feel, you know, the pressure, feel the heat and and learn how to deal with it. Because the thing is, is that that pressure that you're going to feel and that, and that, you know, to make your commissions, to make your points, to be successful in sales is very minute compared to the amount of pressure that you're going to feel when you get out in the real world and you have, a fucking mortgage and you have, uh, you know, car payments and you have all this other shit and you don't know how to make your money. So if you could develop a skill of how to sell, it's really the only skill that you can develop and cultivate within yourself that can make somebody who is more or less uneducated formally in other ways, a multimillionaire in life. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's it. So if you want to make money, guess what? You got to learn how to sell shit. Yeah, I love talking about sales with you because I mean you're intense about everything you talk about. But there, when when we talk about sales, you just get this little glint in your eye, this glimmer, because I know how much you like it and you're good at it. Well, and I'm and I'm, I'm the, excited to have the person who talks everything <laughs> that you know, right? Oh, dude, look, let's not even get into that. I'm the fucking master, and you're the grasshopper. First of all, <laughs> I don't know I, if anybody's a master. I think Big Big Jimbo gets the award here. Well, that's yeah. We yeah. used to drive around, and this is the this is the actually this is pretty funny. So Andrew and I, you mean we were, your dad, right? Yeah yeah yeah, 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 Big Jim, the human rain delay. When <laughs> when Andrew and I were kids, we used to ride around, and he used to make us listen to Zig Ziglar. Yeah, literally we were like eight years wow. old. We didn't wow. get to listen to like you know today like Pokemon or right, yeah. Mon or whatever the fuck no. it is like. We literally listened to Zig Ziglar and the early days of Tony Robbins, like yeah. And he would speed it up on two times play, yeah. And we'd like so he could listen to it faster. I mean, I mean, I swear to God, you think about the 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 foundation it built in us. I forgot about all that shit. Yeah, Yeah, I go back and watch them before we have like our sales meetings here. Like I will actually go back and watch old Zig Ziglar videos. Yeah, just to think about the core concepts because they don't change. No, they don't change. Everybody, it's different now. No, it's not. No, but the biggest mistake, and, and I know we, Sal, you and I talk about this all the time. The biggest mistake people make when it comes to sales is thinking this, that it's a manipulation, that you are here to trick the other person into buying your goods or services. Dude, the slimy salesman technique, right? That's what people, when they think salesman, that's what most people think. And that is the complete wrong way to think about what sales really is. What is sales really? Well, 
What it really is, guys, is it's solving a problem. It's helping people find the proper solution. And if you're going to go out there and sell fucking snake oil or you're going to go out there and sell some bullshit insurance scheme, guess what? You're going to have to be fucking sneaky. But finding a product that is quality and going out and selling it is in a legitimate way is has nothing to do with manipulation and everything to do with helping someone. Mm-hmm. And I think if you want to break down why most people fail in sales, because you get a lot of really good hearted people that come into sales. They think to be successful, you have to manipulate and they don't align with that on their core values. So they struggle, they get frustrated and they quit. And then they have a negative viewpoint of what sales really is their whole entire life. And because they never really developed that skill, they limit their their ability to produce income. Which is funny because I always, you know, you always meet those people and they're like, oh, I, I tried sales once. It wasn't for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, a lifestyle. Yeah. Right? Well, and there's also, I mean, there's a, <clears throat> in choosing the right career path, you're, all, you're always going to have to do some things you don't want to do. But when it comes to like really taking it serious, you better find something you enjoy doing. Yeah. That's a key, especially in sales, because you, if you don't enjoy selling something, you sure as hell aren't going to be able to fake it. But what I'm saying is like most people don't enjoy selling because they think of it as a, a trick as opposed to what it really is. Like, yeah. dude, like when I think of selling and I think of like what we do personally, like when we help somebody lose a hundred pounds or help somebody change their health or help somebody perform better, dude. And they used our products that we quote unquote sold them that there's tremendous satisfaction in that and you feel good. So and because I have 17 years of experience doing that, I feel great when I sell product because I know the chances are these people are going to improve because of that. Hearing you say that, I'm reminded that... Uh, so Daniel Pink has a number of New York Times bestselling uh, books, and one of the books that he has is called To Sell is Human. And he's basically saying exactly what you're saying, which, yeah. is, which is really at the core, sales, the principles of sales are what it, are, are the same principles of influence that that we use in in right. being a human being and right. so it's just so, so incredibly it's incredibly simple. important yeah. to success oh dude and it's so simple it's it's just that you know the the stereotype of quote-unquote salesman mm-hmm. like it's i almost feel like that whole word or title should be like struck from vocabulary when you're talking to people how to develop the skill because it's nothing like the greasy, slick back hair dude in like a fucking two hundred dollar suit coming mm-hmm. up with his cheese dick smile, fucking telling you how <laughs> you know he's. Hey Bob, how are you doing today? <laughs> hey, you're looking mighty. You're looking mighty fit. Oh, your wife's looking nice. Oh, <laughs> dude, get the fuck out of here, man. That ain't what this is about. You know, this is about legitimately. You know, hey, look, right. let's just cut to the chase. Mm-hmm. You have this problem. This is what I can do to help you. This is what it is. This is how we do it. And I'm here to support that. Boom. It's done. And it's fucking easy. Right. You know, but so many people complicate it. And so I want to start, you know, with talking to you guys, clear the idea of, you know, what I just said, the stereo, the typical prototypical stereotype of, of sales guy from your brain, wipe that completely out and start fresh. And then what we're going to do is we're going to give you some practical tips, not all of them, because there's a million of them. We could literally mm-hmm. do 10 podcasts on the subject, and we will. But I'm going to give you you know, five good practical tips, and we'll go from there. Sounds good. Okay. So the first thing that, that most people do in sales, that it, besides the mentality that we already talked about, I'm talking about in a practical sense, is they 
they tell people that they're wrong, okay? When you're selling somebody and you're engaged in, in a discussion about uh, what this person should be buying or shouldn't be buying, you have to understand that when you tell somebody they're wrong for whatever it is that they currently do, you've got to understand that that is the same thing as calling them an idiot or mm-hmm. calling them stupid or, or making fun of them or insulting them because they made a psychological decision to go that route and for you to say, well, that's wrong or that's not the way it should be. That is exactly the same thing as calling them an idiot. You talking about like recently I went into Home Depot, I got a microwave and I got the, our previous microwave was a Kenmore, which admittedly is not a great brand. And the first thing out of the guy's mouth was, oh, you got a Kenmore? Exactly. Is that what you're talking exactly. about? Okay. Exactly. So, so that is something that you, you can avoid and get around very easily. All right. The way that should be handled. Okay. Should be something more like this. Um, you know what? I used to have a Kenmore too. I had a lot of trouble with it. I didn't like it. Um, and I switched over to this other brand and, and I've had nothing but great things and good luck with it. Okay. That's completely different mm-hmm. than that shows empathy. That shows, Hey man, I've been in your position. You know, you, you can't just, I would say that 75% of sales interactions fuck up the first step, which is mm-hmm. when the person says, like what you said, oh, I'm using a Kenmore. And the dude says, dude, why the fuck you buy a Kenmore? Those are junk. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like that's right. their automatic response. To me, there is no bigger mistake that you can make on an initial conversation. Um, but I think that's the, the key there, right? Like the, the empathy piece is, you know, typically in most people in most sales environment, it's almost like a me versus him, right? To whereas right. if you can turn the tables by having that conversation saying, hey, I've been there as well. Dude, we're on the same team. Yeah, you slide and you take that person versus being in front of you. Now you take yourself and put yourself in a position of being right next to him. You know, mm-hmm. you're holding their hand. Hey, listen, I've been there as well. Let me show and you. And that's like, not manipulation, Sal. No, it's that's, true. That's, the, that's how you should be wired mentally. Like, hey, I'm here to help this person. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you have to be careful with your language. Well, but I mean, that's the key, right? The key is, and it goes back to the core principle of being successful salespeople is you have to truly want to help that person. You know, it's right. not like what microwave am I getting the biggest spiff on? It's like, all right, if I want this person to walk away happy and send his friends in, I went through this exact same situation. You know, which one would I buy? Knowing everything that I know on this side of the table, how do I put him in the best position? You know, and right. you, you get on his team. Right. Well, rem- and a great way to stay in that mindset is exactly what you just said. Stop worrying about what's going on right this second and think about this customer over the course of the life. Think about all his friends. Think about all the people he's going to he's gonna tell. You know, when I talk to somebody personally, and I say this all the time internally, I assume that the person, and I'm talking about, I'm not talking about when I'm talking about my company. I'm talking about anybody that I talk to. I assume that that person is going to go on Facebook and write a review of the interaction. Mm-hmm. And if you can imagine that and make that reality for yourself, you're automatically thinking long term, which means you're going to do the right fucking thing in the situation. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so keeping yourself in that mindset of I, this is a, I'm trying to build a lifetime relationship here instead of I'm trying to sell a fucking microwave today is a way for you to automatically regulate the language that you use. Right. You know, as I hear you guys talking, though, I remember a conversation you and I had a long time ago when I first met. And uh, I was, you know, I was asking you about your products and I had mentioned that, um, you know, I kind of mentioned sheepishly, well, 
I'm from the generation. I think I, I bought like, you know, 50 pounds of Joe Wider's weight gain, weight gain and, and felt kind of stupid. And, and your response was, well, no, wait, wait a second. I mean, there's, here are the, here are the positive things about that product. Right. And then you, so, so I, so what I hear you saying, or at least this is what came out in the conversation we had a long time ago, was not just empathy, but also affirming someone's choice, like making them feel good. Well, about, sure. Here, look, know, I'll, I'll, tell been there. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you an example. I'll tell you an example of it. And I've used this before, the same example, but I was a hardcore PC guy for years. Like I looked at like Mac people as like, it was like a, stereotype that I didn't want to be a part of. You know, it was the, like I say, play business dude. It was right. the dude at Starbucks with his fucking computer open and his, you know, his picture outfit on, you know, <laughs> and sitting there pretending like he's doing work. So I associated, and you know, MacBook with like snobby, nose in the air, aloof, you know, Creative too cool types for school are, people, yeah, right? out there, yeah. Well, I had a PC and the fucker kept shutting down on me. Like it would just shut off. And I was working on a big project for the company and the PC shut off in the middle of it and I lost it. And like, I was like 80 pages into it. It was for a, a business plan. I was trying to get a loan, which we didn't end up getting. Um, but I mean, it, it, I just went over the edge. Like I fucking flipped out. I think I threw it against the wall and like f- threw a temper tantrum and shit. Anyway, um, I ended Zilla. Up, yeah, I went. I went for Zilla on it. We anyway. I went to the Mac store, and uh, you know, I was like, I look in the store, and I see all these fucking dudes in blue shirts, you know, <laughs> that are look like fucking nerds in there. Okay, no offense if you work in the Mac store. I love you guys. Now, I mean, it's true, friends. right? Right. I mean, you're outside the glass looking in. I mean, it's yeah, their, I'm you're like, like their I'm, aquarium. I'm like, I gotta enter the fucking nerd zone, right? <laughs> to get to talk to more, talk to maybe get a computer. I don't know. So I walk in, you know, and I get to be like halfway through the store. And by this time I'm starting to sweat because I'm like, man, this is really uncomfortable because like I look nothing like any of these people and I know I don't fucking act like them. And, you know, I'm thinking like everybody in there works during the day and then plays Dungeons and Dragons in their mom's basement (laughs) at night, you know, like that's my fucking take on it. And I know that's bullshit, right? I'm just right, making, right, I'm right. just saying what I felt like. Listen, you're not the only person that felt that way, right? No. You know. No. So, so I walk in there, and like I'm standing there, and I'm kind of like, oh, I don't know. Like I was very unsure, yeah. you know. And fucking sure enough, dude, Harry Potter comes out the back with his fucking <laughs> on his broom, dude, and he flies out <laughs> right up to me. He's like, "Hey, sir, how can I help you?" And I'm like, "Dude." It's fucking Harry Potter. I swear to God, this guy looked just like Harry Potter. Like probably was. It, I don't. It, the, the motherfucker came out on a broom. Okay, <laughs> so he's like, and I'm like, oh, this is gonna be bad because he like this like of all the Mac stereotype dudes, this mm-hmm. is like the fucking dude, right? Right. And he he looks at me. And he's like, how can I help you? And he's like, all excited, and I'm like already like sweating and uncomfortable, and I'm just want to get the fuck out of there, right? So I just say, fuck it. I'm just going to tell him what's up. Hey, bro, look, I don't know nothing about whatever it is you guys got going on here, but I use a PC and I'm interested in a Mac because my PC just keeps crashing and I'm just tired of it. And I don't know anything about Macs. I don't even know if I can fucking use a Mac, but that's why I'm here. And the dude looks at me and he goes, hey, you know what, man? I used to use a PC too. And there, you know what? There's a lot of things about PC that are really good. But let me show you what, what we have and what it could do for you. And I'm like, 
and like knowing a lot of, you know, at this time, I still, I'm, I'm a sales teacher at this time. I step back. I'm like, oh, dude, well, Harry's got some skills. Yeah. You know, so I got immediate respect for this dude because I'm like, this motherfucker. Harry enchanted ha- you. He got some skills. He yeah. got some sales skills. So I'm like, all right. So I stopped sweating. I'm like, all right, this guy, this is all right. He's got me. So, dude. He's we, on your team. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. He's on my team. He's here to fucking help. So the dude goes over and literally shows me how to use the Mac in fucking 10 minutes. Like, and I... I was so hardcore PC and anti-Mac, and this guy, his one interaction made me feel so comfortable and so good about Mac because of the way that he handled it to solve my problem. And he showed me why my computer wasn't going to crash, why I wasn't going to get viruses from all the porn I was looking at. Damn, he stole my thunder. <laughs> yeah. I was getting ready. Hey, I already knew it, so I called myself out. <laughs> literally, literally, what really look, happened is you I, said, I hey, think man. You're, 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 the look on your face, you were really telegraphing oh, man, that one. I was one. so excited look, look, look. to drop I it. I knew that look, was going. I already knew he was going to say it, so I had to call myself on it. <laughs> so, so, dude, so anyway. He had him at no viruses from yeah, porn. Yeah, he said no viruses. I'm like, all Andrew right. bought one for everybody in the company. No, no, no. So, so dude, so this is no bullshit. So that day I bought I bought a Mac. I went home. I used it for like two days. And I was like amazed at how fucking awesome it was. Like I, mm-hmm. I became like a Mac expert. Like it just made sense. Like if you've ever switched from PC to Mac, you know what I mean. It's just so much easier. It was it's a fearful thing going into. And yeah. As soon as you but start playing just, around, you're yeah, good. it's like common sense operating, right? Mm-hmm. And anyway, so I went on Facebook and I made like a confession post. You probably remember the post. Oh yeah, I remember. And I made a confession post. I'm like, look. I was this, and now I'm this. All right, so automatically, I told all the people who follow me, um, which, you know, clearly wasn't like it is now, but about this experience, okay? Then I went back. I bought my girlfriend a Mac. Then I went back, and I bought the 12 managers I had at the company at the time a Mac. Then I went and bought my business partner a Mac. Then I went and bought Macs, for all my stores. Then I went and bought a POS system for Mac. Now I'm here talking to a million fucking people that download this podcast about how awesome Mac is. Mm-hmm. All because Harry Potter took a fucking minute where he could have been like, you know, hey, this is here's this dude and he doesn't play Dungeons and Dragons with us, so fuck that guy, and been a smartass and made me feel stupid. But all because little Harry had some sales skills and knew what the fuck he was doing, guess what? That We spent over $2 million on Max and Max software since that time. I keep track of it because to use it, just for this example, how valuable that first interaction can be. Mm-hmm. If you make somebody feel stupid, if he would have made me feel stupid, you know what I would have done? I would turn around, walked out the store, and we'd all still be fucking blowing our computers up on porn. <laughs> That's the bottom line. <laughs> God bless Apple. <laughs> <laughs> but but guys, private viewing window. Okay, so quit I mean, we drug this out, but don't tell people they're wrong. Be on their team. You didn't really drag it out though. I mean, that's the story. You got to understand, you have to understand the importance of each interaction. Right. Cuz you never know who that person is. Dude. But you should do it from the heart anyhow. No, Sal, and not only that, you should assume that every single person is is going to be that person. You should, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like no, no. so many salespeople, they look at people, they they prejudge a customer based on what they look like or what they act like. I mean, fuck, dude. If people didn't know who I was and saw the way I dressed and didn't see what I drove up in, 
they would think I was a fucking shit bum because I dress like shit and free clothes that I get for free. It happened to St. Louis Motorsports that day. Yeah. No shit it did. You know what I mean? Yeah. We got uh. big league at a car dealership one time because we rolled up in Andrew's truck and we were both in mesh shorts and hoodies. Yeah. And I really? Yeah. When you look at it, I, wow. I asked the guy about ordering a fucking new Lamborghini and he fucking blew me off like I was like. Wow. Yeah. So anyway, long story short, I ended up making up with the owner of that company and we're friends now and I've, I'm their number one customer. But over that story, right? Yeah. So, but here's the- Well, no, we made up because I went and told him, I said, hey, your fucking salespeople did this. I'm a legitimate customer. And, but ever since then, it's been great. Right. And right. he used it to train his staff. So I don't want to like go too hard on them. No, no, no. That's, I mean, they're all learning right. examples. Like right. you, never know, you never know who that person mm-hmm. is. And for me, that turning point was because I had a pretty, my, my sales career, I started actually in retail, just like Anderson. I, I, was in Amer- I sold clothes at American Eagle. Yeah. My first like, quote unquote job. My first job was sweeping a warehouse for her dad like mm-hmm. every fucking summer, doing all this shit work. Finding, you know, when guys would throw things in a dumpster they weren't supposed to do, I'd crawl in there and get it out yeah but my first like job job was american eagle you know and then i went to selling copiers you ever want to like cut your teeth on selling something go sell some copiers because i can tell you it's the hardest fucking thing you'll ever do but when i learned the personal interaction and, and truly how important it was to really care about that person on the other side was when i started selling i sold hernia mesh and breast reconstruction tissue and things like that but you start thinking about this person's going to walk away with this product and live their life with my product in them mm. for the next however many years. And you really, if you, if you have a conscience and you can really wrap your head around it, you really have to truly do what's best for that person. And this person is, I mean, you're going to impact, you're going to directly impact their life on a daily basis. How do you do it? Uh, how do you help and how do you educate in the best way possible to, to help that person really live a comfortable lifestyle? I mean, this isn't like, hey, I'm going to buy the scratch off lottery ticket. You know, this is like, hey, this is a $10,000 piece of fucking mesh that hopefully will help me live a normal life. And I was able to adapt that and have those conversations with the doctors. Like, hey, listen, I, I really, this is, I, and we would be paid on all these products. You know, I get paid on plugs and we get played on flat mesh and these types of things. But I would give them my personal recommendation on what I would do and how I'd want to live my life. And it wasn't necessarily the, the most money I would make. It was what I thought was best for that patient. Mm. You know, and it's no different than going back to your microwave or going back to, Mac Harry Potter. It's like, what is best? Well, you know? and you think you learn to think long term there, and like what that is. You know, it's an ice cream cone today or an ice cream store tomorrow. Yeah, and, and the- you have to, you have to, you have to adopt the mindset of the big picture when you're talking to somebody, no matter who it is. Yeah, and like for my, and this is hard to explain over the air, but um, you know, we had plugs and we had flat mesh. Well, we got paid more on the plugs versus the flat mesh, but I always thought, man, if it was me, like if I was under the knife, like this is what I would want. I would want flat mesh in me because I wouldn't want that plug like bound up in my hip. And so I would tell the doctors that I'd be like, dude, if it were me, I wouldn't put that in. And they would look at me like, well, you're selling this and I'm using this, this is your product. You're making, I, I just wouldn't use that for me. And you'd look at him like, yeah. you know, they'd be like, what? Yeah. But you make more money over here. No, I understand that. But I, I just personally would not put that in myself. And I would gain instant credibility with him. And yeah. I was just telling him the fucking truth. Dude, that's right. a great that's a great point that I actually don't have on the list, but I'm gonna add. Dude, it's it's all about the trust factor and genuine trust. And dude, one of the best ways to earn trust with somebody is by telling the truth about something they don't need that you sell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and right? you know what's funny is I I literally did that like fifteen or twenty times, and here I am. I didn't even I mean I didn't understand the impact of it over time. But what I was doing is, is I was just being honest and I was helping these guys out, trying to help their patients out to do right by them. And then these doctors would never trust anybody else. They would never trust other salespeople because fuck, I wasn't going to lie to them. One thing, everybody knows me, like I'm not going to lie. Like you might not like what I'm going to say, 
but I don't have that conscience to be able to look at you in the face, lie to you and move on. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be honest with you. And this is where I was at. And what, what happened is those guys, it was cultivating a, a trust factor with each one of those doctors that no matter what I said after that point was fucking true. Right. And, and what happens, what happens when you trust somebody and you, you have trust one time, then you go, you, okay, so you go to somebody, they, they tell you some shit, you go back and you find out that it's true, right? Because you're going to go verify it. Okay, now I, I trust you a little bit. Now I go back to you a second time and you tell me something and I go back and I find out a little bit more that what you said is true. And then I go a third time and then that happens three or four, five, six, seven times. What naturally occurs after that? Loyalty. That's right. You automatically become loyal to that person because they educate you. It's true. You trust them. You go back enough. It's loyal. They're your fucking guy. Boom. I mean, think about it, right? Even in the 50-50 coin flip, who are you going to trust at that point? Well, there is no 50-50. No, yeah. right. You don't even flip the coin because right. you say, you, learn, you, you know look- what? You'll buy, you'll, people will buy more expensive goods from somebody they're loyal to because they love that person and they trust that person. And that person has brought so much value to them that they enjoy spending the extra money with that person. And that, right. that's the catch-22, right? The catch-22 was is like, I was by no means the smartest dude in that fucking room. I was very logical. I'm still very logical. Like I like handy stuff. So I would just explain to him why I thought what I did. And then over time, I was a guy getting calls at 2 o'clock in the morning. Like, hey, Sal, what would you do here? And I'm thinking, man, you went to school for 16 fucking years. You know, I played fucking baseball. Yeah, I played baseball, <laughs> and I took this job because, man, it was, I thought it was the right move. You know, but but just being honest and and you know, I always educated myself on the products because I I like to. I don't want to see be be combative, but I want to when I'm having that deep conversation with somebody, especially like a, a surgeon, you know, high level surgeon. You know, I'm dude. I'm in the mix. Like I want to I want to know what he's thinking. I want to know you know I want to know his game plan. I don't know how how is what his next move is. And you know, uh, I his name's Doctor Brent Matthews. He work, he's now he's the chief operating or he's a chief uh, surgeon over at CMC and Carolina Medical Center. But he was like my biggest target, and he was he's everybody on God's green earth looked at Brent Matthews on what he did. And at the time, he didn't use any of them, our, our products. But at that point in time, this is probably one of your your points is like, man, I don't know shit about a tip of what this guy does. I'm gonna go in and learn from him. Like I'm gonna go in and teach myself and educate myself. And and I, Andrew and I would talk about this all the time. At worst case scenario, that guy was going to be my advocate. So I, I learned. I wanted to make him my friend, dude. It's so it, I could learn. I wanted him to teach me. That you is. Know? That's the third point I have on here, and we could kind of switch them around because it really doesn't matter. So let's just jump right into that point. Can I just be Captain Obvious real quick though? Because yeah. you started out. I mean, you guys immediately here are talking about the context of of well, for lack of a better way of putting it, a sales call. But to to, to your point at the beginning, Andy, this isn't obviously just applicable to sales. What you're saying, what you just, it's life. And I was just thinking about it's being sales is so morally right. It's such a, like people, that's what's so, that's the fucking paradox of what most people think sales is and what it actually is, um, is that it's, it's completely the opposite. If you want to be a fucking multi-million dollar earner in fucking sales, you have to be morally right. You have to be somebody who tells the truth. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You can't yeah. be the fucking snake. The snake oil guy is always going to struggle. No, it's an oxymoron, right? Right. Right. It's- but I was thinking. I was saying, just in terms of just overall success, just general life success. I was just thinking, like all the people that you dealt with 
in your in your sales career, both both were it was Johnson and Johnson, mm-hmm. and now I mean, suppose down the line, not that this is why you do it, because it's not, but suppose down the line, you know, ten years from now, you decide you're going to run for public office. How many of those people are going to say, you know what, he was such a stand-up guy in the role in which I interacted with him that I have no doubt that he's going to he has my vote absolutely one hundred percent. And so these <clears throat> principles transcend in the immediate so context. I want to throw this in there too. This, this is something Gary Vee talks about all the time that I think a lot of people miss the point on when he says it, but it's about your legacy. It's not about your fucking income, okay? And he has a different way of saying it. I forget what he says exactly, but you know, he's, you know he, he always says, it's not about how much money you make. It's about how many people show up at your funeral. That's yeah. what we're fucking talking yeah. about. Yeah, and I, I, I think that's, when he said that, when I heard him say that for the first time, it like really struck home. Yeah, but, he, but he's, he, the way he says it, I think people, it goes over their head. Yeah, yeah they miss right. it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, he sometimes he says dude, it's, it's he, all about long ball. Yeah, but if you, yeah. if you grasp this concept the way we're talking about it, you'll have the money too. That's what people miss. Yeah, yeah. And well, here's, here's, how, here's how I took that approach, right, to the friendship. Like well, here, that, let me jump, let me say what the next point is. Okay. The next point is make a friend, you make a sale. Right. Okay? And that's what we're getting into. So I, that's going to be point number two. So yeah. point number one was don't tell people they're fucking wrong. Okay? Point number two is make a friend, make a sale. Which is, if you're doing it with like with a, with a good conscience, you kind of do it subconsciously, right? Mm-hmm. So my approach here was, all right, this is the, I'm fortunate enough to have the, the number one hitter in, in hernia repair and really... The guy's the top surgery. He's, just a, he's an overall phenomenal guy. At the time, I was scared shitless of him. Everybody in our in our little world was like, "Dude, are you going to go in surgery with Dr. Brent Matthews?" And I'm not. I'm not. Afraid. Everybody knows me. I'm also not afraid of anybody. So I'm like, "Fuck yeah, I'm going to try to get in there." And <clears throat> so, I, all I want to do is get in there. And, and I figured, in the worst case scenario, he doesn't use my product and don't make any money off him. It's not a big deal. I'm going to learn something from the guy. You know what I mean? I can constantly oh, yeah. learn from him. Well. I got in a case and, you know, you sit over in the corner and, you know, live surgery, people gut it open on the table. And I mean, when do you ask a question? When do you not ask a question? I just started asking questions, started finding some commonality with the guy. You know, he's a huge Cardinal baseball fan. He likes to run. He's a family man. He likes craft beers. You know, he loves the Grateful Dead, you know, and so I just started talking to him. You sit in a case with somebody for eight hours and anybody's ever been in a car with me, like, I'm not going to sit in a corner. I got to talk. Right. So I just started talking. Yeah. And you know what? Three years later, I was in 90% of his cases. He used a ton of my product. We went, this is a, you know, we went to baseball games together. He invited yeah. me to his Christmas party. Like, yeah. I, I, we genuine relationship. Genuinely right. became right. friends. Right. You know what I mean? And if I, if I saw the guy today, I'd give him a big hug and a love. You know what I mean? And, and right. he taught me so much from, a, from an educational standpoint on specifically hernia repair. But in the, in the byproduct of it, or really the, the main product of it, was I, was, I was building a friend. You know what I mean? And I didn't I didn't go into it. it was, how, what can I get out of this guy? I thought, well, shit, I'm going to go in there. And worst case scenario, when I walk out, he'll vote for me, right? right like, I'm just right. going to show him, hey, man, I'm a good dude. Worst case scenario, I'm a good dude. You dude, might not put any of my me, shit in. Let me give you, a, you guys a story on this, okay? There's a story on this that, that I want to share about somebody who works here in this office, okay? Um, there's a guy that works here in the office who, who his name is Ryan Riggle. All right. And he is basically, he doesn't really have a title here. He's like the fucking utility man. He's Jose Okendo. Yeah. Right. He's like, whatever the fuck needs to get done, he does it and he does it right. And he, mm-hmm. and he, dude, he earns a great living here. I mean, a, a good, good, good 
great living. Like most people, if I told you what you make, you would say this dude is wealthy. Okay. Um, he was uh, a sales radio rep here in St. Louis for, uh, or no, I'm sorry, a cable TV rep. And, <clears throat> and you'll understand why I made that mistake here in a second. Um, he used to come in the store back in 2006 when I, we, we had a little bit of office in the back and he'd come in and he'd want to talk about us advertising on the TV and how it could help, uh, the, the stores out. And I, I don't like when people fucking call on me. Okay. Cause usually 99% of the time, <laughs> a, their sales skills are terrible and I'm just critiquing them. I'm like, dude, you're fucking horrible. I'm not buying your shit. Okay, so like if your skills are terrible, don't even fucking call on me because I will just slam you right in the face. Mm-hmm. All right. And second of all, I'm annoyed because I'm busy. Right. Like most people that you call on. So he would come in and at first it was cool. Uh, I would see him. Hey, Ryan, what's up? Blah, blah, blah. We talk a little bit. I go in the back, do my work. He'd hang out with uh, Cody out in the front who still works here. And he'd be there for like two hours and I would like see him on the camera because we had a little camera system. I'm like, man, that motherfucker's still here. <laughs> and so it would, I'd come out, he'd leave. I'd be like, dude, what are you guys talking about? And Cody would be like, oh, we're just bullshitting about, you know, whatever. You know, it was nothing. He wasn't talking about like trying to, like me, the way I think, I'm like, he's trying to convince Cody to tell me to fucking buy shit, you know? <laughs> so I'm like, what's he trying to do? Fucking turn my own guys against me? So like, uh, this went on, you know, for a while. And then I would pull up and I would just see him and he'd be in the fucking store and I would like drive away. Cause I'm like, dude, this motherfucker is always here. Like he's always here. I can't get away from him. All right. Then it got to the point where like, I just accepted that he was always, this is, I'm talking about, this is over like two or three years, not a month. Okay. So this is over years. Then I would see him and I'd just accept, all right, fucking, I got to do my work. Ryan's in there. I'd walk right past him. Be like, Ryan, what's up? Walk right in the back, do my shit. So one day we start, you know, we start talking about uh, Ryan played baseball. We start talking about baseball and we start talking about some other shit. So talking about football games. And then eventually, dude, we just became buddies. Like I still wasn't buying anything from him. And uh, we got to the point where we were just friends, you know, like, I got over the fact that I'm just like, this dude must be really bored and he just wants to hang out here at the store. And, uh, we came, we became buddies in the store. And, and, um, so we, I don't know, like I started talking to him. I don't remember how it came up and I asked him, I'm like, so you really think this cable shit that you sell works? And he's like, well, yeah, man, I wouldn't sell if it didn't work. And I'm like, all right, well, you know, and he's and so we had a conversation about it after like two and a half years um, turns out that I, I couldn't really afford to advertise on it. Okay. So he's like, well, look, you got to give it like 12 weeks and I couldn't afford it. Cause it was like four grand a week. And it was like, to me back then, like that was fucking, that was like a million dollars a week. Okay. And I was like, dude, we can't fucking afford that. And he's like, look, it's a, it's an investment. It's, it's not an expense. And honestly, now that I'm like talking about it, he really taught me a lot of shit about, about how to, how marketing works. Um, and I owe a lot of like what I know now to that foundation because we had tried things and it didn't work, tried things that didn't work, tried things that didn't work because we weren't given enough time. And so basically what he did was 
he, <laughs> he, he's like, all right, well, just give me a commitment for 12 weeks. And, and I'm like, dude, I don't know if we can do that. And he's like, you know what? If, you, if it doesn't work, I'll give you your money back. And I'm like, you're going to give me four grand a week back if it doesn't work. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, all right, well, we'll figure out how to make it work. So, like, dude, we had to run it on credit cards. You know, some of it was cash. You know, it's like the dude that goes to the grocery store and he's splitting it up on three different cards. That's what we were doing with business. We got eight weeks in and sales had not gone up at all. And I called him and I'm like, bro, fucking. And it wasn't like a nice conversation. It was like, dude, you fucking, you're not going to, you know, like I fucking blew up on him. And he's like, dude, give it four more weeks, four more weeks. Dude, in four weeks, we doubled sales. Hmm. In that next four weeks, doubled sales. Wow. Okay. Like honestly, it 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 kind of saved our company because it taught me something that I that I would have never learned otherwise. I would have continued to do, you know, the two week or four week thing and quit, and it would have never worked. And I would have said, you know what, that doesn't fucking work. I mean, the math makes sense, right? Like I can't. <clears throat> it's funny because I never thought I've heard this story several times. But you think about thirty, sixty, ninety. Yeah, right, right, you know, right, right. Like you think 30, 60, 90. It right. takes 90 days for, for, for habits shit to, to even start working. Right. right. The fact that it right. worked in 12 weeks is amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but the point is, is that, it, and, and, and so we started being a customer of his. Okay. So now he's my friend and he's, he's, our, we're a customer. All right. So he's, he's made, you know, the company money. He's got us rolling. We're doing, we're doing a lot better. Um, so we decide we're going to expand into radio. So Ryan, who works for the cable company, is, starts talking to me about which radio stations. And then he starts talking to me uh, about which packages. And I'm like, how do you know the packages? He's like, oh, I fucking called them. I got a package. Here's the package. Here's what they can do. I think they could do less than this. Let's hit them on this. So anyway, th- basically, he took the initiative to take that responsibility from me, knowing that he wasn't making any money on it at all. Okay took over our whole radio advertising budget and fucking did it. He didn't even work for me, all right? This is what I'm talking about, guys, Mm -hmm. when I'm talking about taking initiative, doing things as an investment to your future. Because I know now what the fuck he was thinking, all right? And it was very intelligent. So, Especially knowing him now as a human. Dude, he's he's got a super calculated brain. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's awesome to know him Mm because I know, like, it's almost like you're playing chess with him when you're talking. So he... Long story short, he believed in what the fuck we were doing from the beginning. And then we started First Form. This is before First Form even existed. Then we started First Form. Then we started growing First Form. And you know, who, you know, you know what happened whenever we started growing First Form? I needed a guy internally that could do all these things for both companies. You know who I called? <laughs> Ryan. Mm-hmm. Now he works here. He's a fucking executive for the company. He handles a ton of our shit, a ton of our sales training. Still actually does. The Radio. advertising stuff. Yeah. But in fact, shooting the, TV commercials yesterday. Right. <laughs> but the point of it here, guys, is that we're talking about making a friend, you make a sale. Mm-hmm. He didn't come in and try to fucking close me. He didn't come in and say, hey, buy my shit. He came in and we became buddies. And I, I can honestly look back and like think about how how patient he had to have been to do that because like for the middle time when I was like, dude, I'm not fucking talking to this guy. I mean, like I was rude as fuck to him. Like I would, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I would have personally, I would have been like, dude, you know what? Fuck that guy. Could, 
I'd like to point out something too, knowing Ryan a, Ryan a little bit, and and maybe dispel a, a possible assumption that people make. And you guys know him better than I do, but I think there's a lot of people that assume that in order to be a good salesperson, you have to be this like dynamic, charismatic, sanguine dude, he's like person. The most quiet, right? Dude ever. That's that's something that I think would right. would might shock everybody that that doesn't know him. Well, is you that have he's to be really able to socialize. Back. I mean, you have to yeah. be able to socialize. You don't yes, have to be, yeah. dude. That's the cheesy salesman yeah. stereotype. You got to be, you know, and like, I'm going to use this example. I like Grant Cardone. Okay. But Grant Cardone has that salesman charisma that you're talking about. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Absolutely. I I love, I love, I love you, Uncle Grant. If you listen to this shit, you're my boy, but he's got that fucking, he'll be the first one to tell you. He's got that charisma that's salesman-ish. Right. That's not bad either, right? You just got to know how to harness it. No, dude. No, point being is you don't have to have it. He's one of the best salesmen in the world. Yeah. No question. And the shit he teaches is gold. But mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you, you know, he's got that. And just because you don't have that doesn't mean that you're not going to be able to sell. That's what I'm trying to say. The, right. pe- the people who give salespeople well, a bad name, they, ha- they, they try to have, they fake that. that exactly. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. He's a genuinely like that. Right. And, and it's cool. He's a cool, cool motherfucking dude, man. I like him a lot. But, uh, but anyhow, um, you know, a lot of people will say, hey, I, I don't know how to talk to people. I'm not comfortable. I'm an introvert. I'm this or that. Okay, if that's you, because like that, believe it or not, that's me. All right. I think you'll agree with this. Like Sal, Sal's salesman ability is comes very natural to him. And and we're both great salespeople, both of us. And we have different styles. And his ability is he's always been charismatic and it's always come natural. I'm the complete opposite. I've had to cultivate it, I've had to learn it. I have to like work at it because to be completely honest, I don't like fucking people that much. Yeah, and I would say the, the flip side of that is I love people. Right. And it's it's funny. I go back and it's it's weird how like I'm sitting here. I didn't expect to be on a podcast today, but I'm recalling like funny oh, when things. the rock cancels. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the rock part two has to step up. That's right. So the pebble. Hey, <laughs> I'm at least I'm at least in the rock family, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, but I think about our sales relationship has still never changed because Andrew's actually a great. It's not that he's a great salesman in the sense of like the door to door. He's a great sales strategist, which is key to being a great salesman and I it's not that I lack in the great sales strategy it's I'm a good executor on the sales front and the two of it works together and it goes all the way back to us selling light bulbs yeah man we used to sell light bulbs door to door this is no shit too simply I people people ask all the time did you really do that did you really sell light bulbs well our dad fucking owned a lighting distributorship right so we had we figured out this cost of goods sold thing really 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 early on in life if we stole the light bulbs from dad's work (laughs) we could make a hundred percent (laughs) profit <laughs> and we fucking put them in a cooler and we walked up and down Eleanor Drive. And at the time, I mean, dude, I would buy fucking light bulbs from the kids up and down the street. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So Andrew would carry the fucking thing and I would sell the light bulbs. I'd knock on a door. Scared shit. We were like, how old were we really? I don't know, 10, 8, 10. <laughs> Think about that. Yeah. Awesome. And our dad, we'd fuck, you go sell them fucking things. You know, if you're going to steal them, you're going to sell them. That's and great. fucking kick us out the door. And we that's what we did. You know? That's awesome. So, so. I think it's funny that people think that's bullshit. I know, dude. Whatever. <laughs> Remember our little blue Metro Electric Metro lighting jackets? Yeah, man. They we had pimp. a fucking we had a gang. Nice. Neighborhood light you got bulb your name gang. on the front, dude. We should make some first form jackets like that. Like fuck couple. The, oh, the black sh- sheen. Why, dude? Edit that shit out, man. Every other fucking summer company be doing that shit next week. Well, I know definitely who will be. Yeah. So, dude, let's start setting traps. <laughs> hey, let's get some fucking brown Carhartt jackets. <laughs> so, dude. Sucker. So. Oh man, that's some funny shit. So anyway, 
guys, if you're not good at socializing, let me give you a couple tips that I used for me, okay? Because I, I, I had to learn to be good at socializing, dude. I was fat growing up. I was fat in college, and you know what? I had to get laid, so I had to learn how to fucking talk to people. That's the best way to sell. That's right. So, and I'm just keeping it real, dude. That's where I developed most of my good sales skills. Just trying to talk to girls, <laughs> which is actually this is really true. You know, when you talk about you know good values and morals and ethics, it's where I learned what not to do. Right. You know what I mean? Because I would say the only people in my sales career that don't like me are my ex girlfriends. <laughs> Dude, look, man, it is the same. So, like you young, you young fellers out there listening right now, yeah. you want to talk to the girls, learn how to sell shit. Yeah. You'll be able to sell yourself too. Yeah, well, right? I, I did the the backwards of the Kevin Plank. I overpromised and underdelivered. Right? Back in the day, I should have overpromised and delivered, except I was trying to deliver to like. 10 girls at once and you just can't fucking do it. That's so that's bad policy, man. It was, but I learned, I learned what not to do, yeah. you know? So dude, all right. These are things that I practice doing for real. Like it's really simple, man. When you're at the grocery store, talk to the checker. When you're walking down the aisle of the grocery store, say hello to the people walking the other way. When you're at the mall, people walking the other way, they make eye contact with you. Say, Hey, how you doing? That's simple. Mm-hmm. That will break. 98% of the social awkwardness that you feel from your body. If you could if you could just execute that shit on a normal everyday basis, you know, you go to Chipotle. You know, I went to Chipotle or I went to fucking Qdoba the other day. And we got <laughs> Sal hates Qdoba. Fucking traitor. Yeah. I do too. Long story. Long story. Different different but subject. We could talk about that in the customer service one. But uh but anyway, I still go there and I went there and the the girl <laughs> This is how good this skill is, okay? There was a there was a girl behind the counter in a bad mood. You know, I could tell she was like not wanting to be at work. And um she's like, What do you want? I hadn't been there in a while because I usually send Tyler to go get my shit. So I forgot how to fucking order. And I, so she like asked me like what I wanted, and I'm like, I, I want one of those bowls. The bowl, you know, the bowl. She's like, Yeah, I know. And I'm like, How are you doing today? And she's like, she didn't answer me. She goes, chicken or rice or chicken or beef or whatever. And I said, how are you doing again? Mm-hmm. And she's like, you know what? I'm doing pretty good. And like, it took her, you know what I'm saying? It took mm-hmm. her like twice for me to say, I was actually asking her and dude, it totally changed her whole fucking personality, her whole demeanor, everything changed. But that's what you can do by just genuinely asking somebody, how are you doing? Or saying hello to them. Mm-hmm. You break that, that, impersonal contact that most you know like when you're walking on the sidewalk and everybody looks at the ground because they don't want to fucking have to say hi right be the motherfucker that says hi right because dude that will develop a skill in you that drops that fear of the social awkwardness i i conquered a lot of mine that way uh just being just just talking to people i would see every day when you shared that example the first thing that popped into my mind was that great scene in tommy boy you know You've seen Tommy Boy, where yeah. they, where the where the waitress is like completely cold, and he says, "Hey, yeah. what's your name?" Yeah, yeah Helen. Yeah. That's nice. You look like a Helen. Yeah, and then it's just complete, you know. Yeah, one eighty. Yeah, so. actually, that's it's kind of I didn't even think put the two no, together. It's, it's but a, that's a perfect great example. example. Yeah, but I, I mean, dude, just that's why you pay me the big bucks? Just man. caring, in you know. And, and guys, let me say this: it has to be genuine. Okay, you, this is not the guys who make a hundred grand a year are fake. The guys who make 10 million a year selling shit, they're genuine, okay? And it takes time. Can you squeeze out 100 grand a year faking fucking sales and shit? Absolutely. No question. It's actually but pretty easy. It's, it's easy. I've watched a lot of people do it. But that's all you're going to fucking get. That's, no, right. stop. Right. 
But I, I, but if you're genuine and you could sell, because dude, selling is such a dynamic, useful, uh, utility skill. Like, dude, if you're, a, you could be a fucking CEO, you could be a head of sales, you could be a director of sales nationally, you could be a sales rep, you could do so much shit if you know how to fucking sell. You know what I mean? So, but but but, dude, the great salespeople and the average salespeople are separated by how genuine they are and how they do things. A hundred percent. But I don't. I think that, and I think that's linear across all markets. I mean, if you're a great nope. engineer. Dude, it's it's about life. You better be a great salesperson, yeah. right? There's probably better engineers that never right. make it outside the box because they can't get outside the right, box. Right, right. But I, I and you know, to piggyback on Andrew's point, you know, one thing that you know he talks about, he had to he doesn't like people, and I think it's like the yin and the yang, right? When you're raised around people, you know, you acquire we have totally different skill sets, mm-hmm. like natural and unnatural. But I love people. I like fucking talking to people. I think saying I don't like people is is not no no no. But it's unfair. But I'm like, using your example. I have less of a tolerance for people than you do. So I would say you're probably energized by talking to people. You're probably drained a Dude, little bit. Dude, I will wear the stewardess that, out on the flight. Yeah. <laughs> hey, where are you from? What do you do? How many kids you have? What's going yeah. on? Where yeah. are you flying to? Yeah, you know? and I don't know yeah. why I'm like that. It's just yeah. I've always been that way. Yeah. Well, it's probably just like everything else. Yeah. Like I, we just we have some polarizing. Because I do like well, your personality is what your personality is. I mean, that's the way it goes. Yeah, Some personalities I, look, just I are like energized people, by like social people, interaction. I, I like people when you're having a meaningful, genuine conversation. I don't right. like fucking small talk. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's a way to put it. Like, yeah. if you're going to small talk with me, get the fuck out of my face. Yeah. Which is funny because I would put dad right in between us. He's you know a, what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if you really yeah. think about it, which is interesting. Why he's we're, a mesovert. He's not an introvert or an extrovert. Well, so basically what you're saying he is... Hates, you know, he's he so, got his moments, you know? So basically yeah, yeah. what you're saying is, you're the most full of shit, he's a little <laughs> bit of full of shit, and I don't have... I'm not full of shit. That's I mean, the sure. best way to describe it, though. I'm, I'm exactly like you. Like, I don't... I don't. I hate fucking that little yeah. bullshit small talk. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. but, but for both of you guys, once you get it warmed up, it's going. Well, you know what it is, dude? People always say the same fucking thing to me. They, they mm-hmm. only they only want to talk about business. Okay? Right. Hey, how's the fucking business going? How's this going? How's that? Look, motherfucker. <laughs> I talk about this all day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. if you want to talk about how business is going, go listen to my fucking podcast. Yeah. And I talk all about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you know, to to your point about not liking small talk and wanting to go right right into heavier things. I mean, people always say don't get on. You know, well, you're supposed to avoid politics, religion, or whatever. But the reality is, my experience in in is that people open up when you ask them a really deep question. I don't avoid that shit. I yeah. never avoid that yeah. shit. Yeah, and people people like people like are the, tired all the race of, stuff that's going on yeah. right now. I'm the first guy yeah. to dive in because like, like listen, this is who I am. Right. Cuz you know I mean? our culture around us is pretty shallow. So when you do have somebody who says, "Hey, what do you think about this?" Dude, we had some guy was you know, popping off on Andrew's page a couple weeks ago. Like I'm like and I'm not a keyboard warrior or any of that stuff, but I think learning people, you know, being able to get into those sticky situations it's, it's a very it's a reward it's very rewarding on both ends because most people avoid it right and it's no different than anything else in life like well dude the, look the you fruits could of tell, labor you could tell you could i could tell how much money someone makes by the shit they write on facebook yeah. because no, of what you're yeah. saying no 100 yeah. because yeah the way that they like people that go all in and are polarizing in terms of like their opinions and try to like stir the shit and all the shit like, dude, I already know you can't make any fucking money because you you're not intelligent enough to have right. a real conversation. Right? You yeah. know what I mean? No, no, exactly. Right. For, I mean, for the record, though, the, one of the best things that I love asking any fra- stranger is, "What's the best thing that has happened to you this year?" B- 
because that'll that'll tell you what they value. That'll tell you the things that they really find important. But we're kind of getting off the yeah, topic so, a little bit. But so let's go to the third point. Let's just jump right back in. My son. The the third point. Yes. <laughs> Good answer. Yeah, that dude's cool. I Enzo. Like yes. He looks like me though. He. It's fucking weird. Does he? He does. Look, looks he's, like me. He's got Anders like right here in between his eyes. <laughs> and he look, dude. If you look at a baby picture of me and him, he looks a lot like me. I think nice. and, and Raquel and I were in a fight about that time. You know? No, man. No, we were arguing. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, my shit's just my, that my, good. My, uh, I probably spilled a little on the floor. <laughs> fuck, got content, went, in the air, went airborne. <laughs> I've actually, I've, I've actually been. It's like fuck it. What's that movie? Outbreak. No, I gotta be careful where it goes, dude. No, what's the yeah. one with the uh, no Will Smith? But yeah, what the fuck's that movie? Keep going. I am legend. There yeah, I've actually been praying for my younger uh, daughter, Veronica. She looks a lot like me. So at least I know she's not going to be. Con- she, she's going to be my convent baby. She's going <laughs> to be a nun. She's going to be a nun. Not out of choice. <laughs> out of because she looks. Yeah, because she looks like me. <laughs> so look, dude. Point number three: When you're talking about your product, don't talk about the features. Talk about how the benefits of the product are going to solve the problem. Basic sales shit, right? Features versus benefits. But it's amazing to me how many people can spout off features versus benefits. But then when they fucking talk to you, talking about the motherfucking features. Like, dude, an inexperienced sales guy, you can always tell like how good people are in sales because they'll go on like this. And I'm going to use cars as an example, okay? Because And, and I'm going to keep this point short because we've gone long on some other points. This is really fucking simple, guys. Get to the bottom line of what the problem is is that you're trying to solve. If you're selling cool clothes, they make people feel cool. If you're selling a Harley, guess what? It ain't about the fucking 1300 cc's and the fucking Vance and Hyatt exhaust. It's about looking like a bad motherfucker on Sundays at the group ride, all right? Selling a fucking Ferrari. It, it isn't because it has triple gloss red paint and uh, 576 horsepower. And, no, it's because you're going to be the badass at the club on Saturday night. Dude, Get to the fucking benefits. Put, tell the story and tell the product. Present the product in a way that solves the problem. And, dude, people are like, well, my product doesn't solve a problem. Yes, it does. You just don't get it yet. Mm-hmm. Okay? Not feeling cool is a problem. Right? Like, people are like, oh, well, I sell T-shirts. What solves that problem? Is the problem that they need clothes? No, <laughs> motherfucker. The problem is, is that you're selling a fucking, you're selling something that they want to identify with so that they feel a certain way. How is the way that you're trying to make them feel? That's the problem that you're trying to solve. Okay, so quit worrying about, you know, the the uh, fucking number of horsepowers in your fucking Vespa, and start worrying about how how fucking hipster you're going to look riding around <laughs> yeah. your fucking Vespa. But okay, so <clears throat> think about this, right? I mean, dude, your your fucking hipster beard grows seven more inches by even owning a Vespa. <laughs> well, right? That would be a real benefit. That would, that be, would a benefit. be a great like, benefit. Like, dude, you're going to get free craft beer at the fucking, at the fucking you're local microbrew. La- you're going to get laid by the hipster chick. Yeah. I was yeah. going to say, this, girls that don't wear you're gonna, deodorant you're gonna are going to find flock five to more you. chicks that don't shave their armpits <laughs> just from riding a Vespa. <laughs> okay, so there, there's, there's kind of this guy pointed this out to me one time, and he's 50% of tan Tangible retail items are can be can be sold. Excuse me, can be factored back to or can directly correlate with people getting laid. Think about that. 
50? 50 percent. I would say more than that. Okay, but think about it. think about your Vespa. Why do you drive a Vespa? Because you're trying to get laid by a certain kind of chick. Yeah, why do you drive? No, it, why do you drive a Harley? Because no, 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 no. I'm a surgeon even, during the day. Let, look, there, I know there's motherfucking hipsters listening to this shit right now saying this. No, I drive a Vespa because I really care about the environment. All right, motherfucker, let me talk. Let me break it down for you. Why do you care about the environment? You don't fucking care about the environment because you can't measure the environmental impact on you. So you can't possibly care about it that much. What you really care about is how that fucking chick with the long armpit hair at the bar fucking cares about the environment. So you care about the environment and it all ends up with something on your dick. I, I, listen, I, I agree. As, as fucking far-fetched as a story, it's fucking true. It you is know what I'm true. Saying? Think why, about it. Why do people work out? To get laid, they want to look 100%. better. I don't know what you guys Listen, they'll tell you, oh, I want to feel better. No, 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 no. You want to look wait. better naked when you get you out, want, no, so no, you no, got no. a chance to get okay, laid. Okay, so why do you want to feel better? So I look better. But why? Oh, I'm sorry, I was answering a question, why do you want to work out? Why do I, I mean, I know exactly why. Well, yeah, I know, that's what I'm saying. If you if you ask enough whys, eventually it comes down to, I want to stick my dick in a hole somewhere, yeah. right? <laughs> So, dude, we have derailed. No, we no, haven't. This no, is a that's the beauty. Track. That's the beauty is like you see it as derailed, but the truth is like you have to understand what he's what he's the whole point of the story is the why, right? right? No, that I person is seeking it, an answer to something. Right. You got to figure out what the why is. Basic human and needs. And what he yes. was teaching me at that time when he was talking about think about that person getting laid is get into their mind and think, all right, why is this person buying this? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, we'd all wear the same shit. We'd, we'd wear a potato sack, all of us, because it's comfortable. Game of Thrones, it worked. Those guys, I'm you know just saying. No, but I'm, I, I agree, but it's, it's, it's what, mentally. Walk, walk down the mall in your imagination right now. Why do, you, why do you wear certain sunglasses? Why do you wear certain shoes? Why do you wear certain jeans? Why do you wear certain clothes? Why do you, why do you use a Mac over a fucking PC? Why do you, uh, you know... Do anything you want to fit in, you want to be yeah, accepted. Right. Those, those things all that my, my point being, it so all those funnels are, back into that. Right. Right. No, what it funnels into is, is those are legitimate fucking problems. And people say, Oh, those aren't problems. World peace is a problem. Well, look, we're talking about making fucking money here. Identify the problem, solve the fucking problem. World mm -hmm. peace probably be a whole lot less if everybody's getting laid. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So if people would solve that problem faster. We get rid of this shit. Here, like. yeah. <laughs> I would but, pay. I would pay a lot of money to 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 have you guys hired as salespeople at the local Christian bookstore selling Bibles. I fucking guarantee. I, I would, would sell the most Bibles, Bibles in history. Yeah. I would beat them. Actually, you, you you everything you're saying could definitely be applied to selling a Bible, for sure. It could. Yeah. All right. So I said it was all about getting in the hole, and you're saying it's holy. Well, <laughs> so it goes. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. A Vaughn's twist. Yeah. That, that that's a Vaughn joke. <laughs> That's a that's a that's, that's a, a pro hand twist. Yeah, it is. I think you mean Von Kong. <laughs> that's a Von Kong joke. Yes. <laughs> so, dude, all right. Present the fucking problem, solve the problem. Present the problem, solve the problem. Present the problem, solve the problem. Next point. Next point that I have on my list, and like I said, this is a long list, and I know there's quote-unquote salespeople out there that think they're fucking boss hog of the sales world. But I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going over my quick little guide to like you know nothing about sales to becoming right. a good salesman. All right, go the extra mile. This is a core value of my company. Um, you know, one of the best ways that you can gain the loyalty of, uh, uh, we talked about loyalty a little bit, a bit ago, but the loyalty of a potential customer 
besides making them a friend, is also by showing that you're willing to go the extra mile in everything that you do. Um, going the extra mile isn't just like a technique either. It's a way of life. You know, when you give people uh, your all all the time and they know that you're going to go above and beyond in helping your friends, your family, your customers, and it just becomes who you are, dude, there's tremendous value in that that I think is highly underrated. Um, most people, guys, will do the bare minimum. You know, I did a snap yesterday about talking about the two different groups. There's the group who is not afraid to do the work and says, bring the fucking work to me and I'll get it done. And then there's the person who hides in the corner and waits till fucking 4.15 so they can go home and does the least amount that they can do without getting fired. You're in one of those two groups. You listening right now are in one of those two groups. Which one are you in? Go the extra mile is a great way to get in the, the group that makes the fucking money. Okay. People love extra shit. And I don't mean extra material goods. I mean, extra time, extra effort, uh, because it shows that you care. It shows that you value that person genuinely. Okay. If you work in retail, this could be as simple as carrying somebody's shit to their car. You know, it could be as simple as, uh, calling them to check up and see how they're doing with the sale post sale. You know, there's a million ways to go the extra mile. Dude, I have people in my company who have changed car batteries, who have helped people move, who have cleaned people's businesses when they had like, I've had a guy who opened people's business, a a person's business for them because they had a death in the family and couldn't open their fucking store. So they're going to miss the sales. He went and opened their fucking business for him for a customer. Okay. There's a million ways you can go the extra mile, but the point of, of this point, the point of this point must be extra pointy. (laughs) Um, it's that you have to make this a way of life. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't tell you anything that will make you more valuable than making this a habit. All right. If somebody gives you a task to do, you do the task plus the extra loose ends that you know need to be done post-task. Don't be a fucking robot. Look ahead. You know what I mean? There's nothing more valuable to a CEO than somebody who you give something to and they come back and say, dude, I did this and then I knew you're going to need this and this and I did that. Right. You know what I mean? And this goes for like, like I said, just it goes for, you know, the it goes for the people above you in your business. It goes for your customers. It goes for your family. It's just a way to be, to make value, make yourself valuable in any way. Yeah, I like what you say in the S two uh, core value statement, where you say that that going the extra mile is really what produces the wow factor, and it's the wow factor that makes the difference between customer satisfaction and customer loyalty. It, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, hundred no, percent. I'll take that one step further because this is where, like, you see it from the outside, and you you listen to this podcast, and some of it's funny, but it's all true in the sense. When you talk about tying these things together, okay, how do you create the opportunity to go the extra mile? You, you think people think about that, like how do I? Well, I mean, what do I do? You do that by going back a couple steps, and when you get to the friendship level, what happens when you create that friendship and you're talking to this customer who's walking you, to retail? Guess what? You learn shit. You, yeah, you learn about their life. You, you learn see, about you see opportunities. In that's there. right. Good, bad, or indifferent. Right? Like you hear all the things, and sometimes everything's good, and you know, and hunky dory, and opportunity presents itself. Hey, man, maybe that guy's having a shit day, and that guy's been really good to me. You're just doing the right thing. You know what I mean? Mm. You're, but by making that friend and just honestly being a good person, you're opening up the opportunities 
to go the extra mile. And it's not like, hey, how can I find these opportunities to go? Because that's where people get lost. They're like, well, I'm going to go the extra mile, and they're going to try to like manufacture an it's, opportunity you're, to do you're, it. You're venturing into manipulation then. Correct. Right. Versus if you're a friend, you know, and he's like, man, I got to move this weekend, and my buddy, his wife, you know, his, my buddy's, you know, dog died, and he's going out of town, and he was going to help me move. And you think, man, dude, I love this guy. This guy's a great fucking customer. We've become really good friends. Dude, I can help you move on Saturday. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like I'm I'm making this up. It's like, dude, I'm just uh, fuck. You've been good to me. Right. Yeah, I'm gonna be good right. to you. It's amazing how humanity can't figure it, that it, out, it, dude. It's doing the right thing. You know, it's mm-hmm. you know I always say this. You guys, you guys, if you follow me, you know I've said this a million times. It isn't even it isn't even selling. It's helping. It's not sell. It's help. Cross the in your mental vocabulary. Draw a line through the word sell, and replace it with the word help and help and if you could if you could grasp that concept and live that concept you you can make literally millions and millions and millions of dollars you'll definitely have financial freedom no question you know you're not gonna be struggling no right um so learn how to go the extra mile learn how to make it a core value of yourself and your heart um and we're gonna move on to the last point <laughs> and this is really basic shit but i feel like because everybody now is selling things and there's all kinds of, you know, I'm going to sell this shit, like scam products out there. You know, people selling bullshit flashlights on the fucking internet, you know, and you know what I'm saying? Like just crazy shit all over the place. Dude, have a great product or service and know it well. Know everything about it. You know, this this is so basic, but if, I feel like I need to point it out because... <clears throat> Most people will try to sell anything. They'll try to sell something they think they can make money on versus something they think is a helpful product or solves a problem or is something that, you know, is a genuine uh, product. You know, in life, you are in control of of how people perceive you and what they think of you and this and that. And that go, your reputation is attached to the products you sell. So if you choose to represent a shitty product or try to sell a shitty product, not only are you going to be not successful because the product's shit, people aren't going to trust you. It's going to ruin your integrity. It's, it's, going to, it's going to do damage to your reputation. You know, you're going to become that guy nobody answers the fucking phone when they call. You know, having a great product and service is, is a huge, huge, huge deal. You have to believe in it. Um, knowing it well, dude, if you don't know your fucking product, how are you going to sell it? You know, those are the same people that you see online. They bounce from job to job or they bounce from company dude, to company. Because they're they always think it's going to be a month. Yeah. And it's funny. So this is, it's, it's weird how these conversations always end up like full circle. Okay. So full circle. And, and I don't even, there's a lot of the motivational, everybody's a motivational fucking speaker online right now. I mean, that's, oh I just changed my phone number partially because I started getting like motivational texts from people. I'm thinking, motherfucker, I should be sending you motivational <laughs> texts, you know, but so I'm getting them in a roundabout way. We, we, we bring this thing full circles and it's one of those stupid There'd be a lot m- less motivational people out there if people actually examined if these people were actually successful or not. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. No, for sure. But when you go full circle and you bring this, and this is one of the, the few memes that I, I don't even say I believe in, but it, does, it makes sense. You know, if you find something you love to do, you'll never work another day in your life. Okay, well, all right. That's the fairy method of it. When you talk about finding something you, you enjoy to do and you sell that product, you naturally know that product. Yeah. You're educated on that product. You love that product. That's right. where that passion part comes so, in. You so, know? you know, and, and maybe you don't make as much money right out of the gate. But the one thing you can't fake is that passion and that enjoyment of doing so. 
You know what I mean? Absolutely. And yeah. so when you start talking about like, then here's a question. Do you love selling supplements? No, I'm not passionate about selling supplements in the sense of when you look at it that way. But if you help somebody lose 100 fucking pounds and you change your life and they it's talk exciting about exciting shit. Fuck mm-hmm. yeah, dude. Yeah. Those are the best emails. Well, yeah. I'm talking about when you have a shitty day, we dude, have a folder those things come into. We're fortunate. We are very fortunate to be in a business where we could see that kind of result produced. You know, a lot of guys are like, well, I sell tires. How do I, how do I find that pride in, that, in producing that result? Well, guys, you have to think a little bit bigger picture than what you're probably thinking. You're thinking you're selling tires. Really what you're selling is you're selling fucking, maybe you're selling the safety of a family. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of ways that you could figure out the, the, the product that you're selling in a meaningful way. Yeah. I'll, I mean, you want to talk about, this is, this is probably, I don't want to say the most powerful piece of, of this conversation in a sense, but, okay, Andrew alluded to it earlier. We were both fat kids growing up, all right? You want to, everybody's, this is the question I get and I hate it. It's like, I mean, you guys are killing it. You guys are so successful. And it's not really that we're successful. Most people get in the supplement business are like big steroid jerk. You know, they like lifting weights and I'm a, I'm a meathead, right? Mm-hmm. They don't, they do it because they like, like lifting weights. And, and, so then, they, and then, and then they try to fake that they care about people. Right, right. And you can't fake that, right? So you walk in those stores and they sell them pro hormones and they sell them illegal drugs. And I mean, there's people in our industry who've made millions of dollars, basically fucking, fucking people up. And you look at us, right? We're really fat people. That's the fucking truth. Speak you, for yourself, bro. I'm down fucking 60 pounds. Well, that's fine. We're still fat people. and <laughs> I'm less fat. That's fine. You still like pizza and beer and <laughs> french fries. I do. Me too. So when you talk about like genuinely wanting to help that person, because I know how impactful it's been to me, right? Like I'm down 30, 40 pounds myself. I've been in really good shape in my life. I've been fat the majority of it. Even when I was in, even when I played baseball, like I was still like the fat guy in the locker room, right? I understand the mental struggle that somebody who is overweight goes through. I understand that at the core. And so when you talk about trying to help somebody change their life. There's true empathy there. Yeah, I don't right. look at the fucking dollar signs. Like, I can give two shits. Like, hey, listen, I, you don't even need supplements to do that. They will help you greatly and immensely along your journey. But you know, I, I want to help you because I know, it goes back to this trust factor. I know I can help you. You know why? Because I fucking have been there. Hmm. I've been there majority of my life. I know the right moves and the wrong moves, and I know the struggles you're going to face. It goes back to your conversation to a T. Let me go from across the counter selling you something to right fucking next to you to hold your hand. I can walk you through this journey. I know at six weeks you're going to fucking motherfuck me. I know at two weeks you're going to fucking say, why am I doing this? I haven't lost any weight yet. And I know at 12 weeks you're going to think, you know what? This is awesome. That's right. Yeah. I'm moving in the right direction. Right. Mm-hmm. And it ain't going to happen in fucking 12 weeks, motherfucker. That's You didn't get fat in 12 weeks. No. You ain't going to get skinny right. in 12 You know weeks. what? <clears throat> I'm... I'm gonna. I'm about to have a fucking meltdown on the fitness industry right now because the fitness industry is like the the epitome of fucking jack offs. And when it comes to like selling people shit they don't fucking need. And <clears throat> the point, the the bottom line here is that you can't fake empathy. It's it shows, it shows so clearly to everybody. And so when you pretend to care, you're better off pretending or just being like I don't really care. Because when you pretend to care and and you don't, everybody can see it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Sal, what is your uh, social media contacts? I'm uh, well, Sal Fursella on Facebook, Sal on, on the Facebook, okay. And I'm at Mr. Fursella on Instagram and Snapchat, so it's just at M R F R I S E L L A. Okay, and Andy's obviously 
at Andy Frisella. Instead of sharing my contacts, I, uh, I'm going to take a, just a quick second to say to everybody, in light of making sales pitches and doing the right thing and, and what we get excited about, I just want to let people know, hopefully I didn't, I didn't ask permission for this, but I am trying to use my, my writing to help a young woman who is battling against cancer. So if you guys want to check out what I'm trying to do, go to vonkohler.com forward slash K-R-Y-S-T-A-L. I'm not going to go into it. Just go there and uh, help us out. What, what would you like them to do? Just read? Well, there's... You always got to have... I, a, there's yeah, an, there's so, an ask. You're so, asking. so there is an ask. I, I actually created a product. It's actually a short story. <laughs> How are you going to sell the product, Vaughn, if you can't educate people on the product? Well, because I didn't want to take product. the time to right. do... This is okay. what we're talking okay. about. So, we're talking about the process. So, yes. So the reality is, is most of our, most of our listeners are, are dudes. That's okay. So this product is probably not for you guys, but you could probably get it for your girlfriend because it's a it it's might a, help you get laid. Yeah, it might. Bottom line, but, uh, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but uh, but uh, yeah, just check it out. V a u g h n k o h l e r dot com forward slash crystal. It'll mean a lot to me, guys. It's uh, I love using my writing to help people. What is the product? You're oh, the product it. is You're a short story. You're not a good story. salesperson. Sorry, right sorry. Now. The product is a, is a short story that I wrote seven years ago. Okay, and it has a really cool story. It's essentially, seven years ago, uh, I was at a coffee shop. And uh, a woman walked through the front door, and I was just like captivated by her. And uh, it wasn't my wife, right. but I later on became captivated by my wife. But anyway, uh, I actually was in the creative writing program at the time, and I wrote a story about that whole experience. And the people that read it thought it was awesome, but I never did anything with it. Well, th- that young woman and I, I say young woman, she's at least eight years younger than me. She ended up becoming a wife and a mother, and we were friends on Facebook. And about a year, or a month and a half ago, I saw that she's uh, basically battling a very serious form of cancer, and they're they're getting hit by a lot of medical bills. So I came up with this crazy idea. I'd never talked to her in my life before, even though we were fa- Facebook friends. And so I emailed her. I said, I'd like to sell my short story and give the entire 100% proceeds to your to your uh, to your medical bills. And she was pretty overwhelmed by it, and she said. Sure. So that's what I'm trying to do. It's basically the cost of a cup of coffee. So the cost of a cup of coffee will teach you a story about a young woman who walked in a door and changed your life? <laughs> yeah. no, 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 I'm serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, so the story... The benefit the sto- of reading. So, so, yeah, the benefit so the, of reading? So the benefit of reading is is it's just enjoyment. It's a, I okay. think it's a pretty darn good short story. Okay. But uh, the benefit of, of reading is, is enjoyment, and uh, I think women will like it. It's kind of emotionally. Kelsey's friend read it, said she loved it. Um, and uh, it will also, it, there is a moral to the story. It's essentially that most of us, you know, walk no, around. you got to buy the book to find out the moral. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, good, good call, All good right. call. And so. not only that, reading helps stimulate your mind. It, it, it helps stimulate your imagination. It helps you become creative. It also creates the habit of reading that we talk about is so important here. Yeah. So there's a lot of benefits to doing this. So go buy the fucking book. Yeah, thank you. All right. I'm serious. We don't ask for you guys to buy much shit, okay? So this is a good cause. We're not making money here. You know, support Vaughn, support his mission, and, you know, let's see if we can help this this girl out. Um, Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I, I think it's a good thing, man. Thank you. You know, I, I it's it's the right thing to do. Like we talk about, like we're talking about. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, so, guys, we have some exciting stuff coming up uh, for the MFCEO. Um, I... I can't really say what it is yet, but I can guarantee you when you find out, you're going to say, holy shit. Jaws will drop. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> um, I'm also, and I haven't told Vaughn this, but I'm also considering doing like a mastermind group or a mentorship like for like 12, 12 people, 12, 10, 12 people, you know, 
for like 12 weeks once a week. You know what I mean? Um, just through Skype. Uh, I don't. I can tell you right now, guys, if I do that, it isn't going to be cheap. It's not going to be something that I'm going to... I'm, I'm not going to give away. It's not going to be 99 bucks. It's going to be fucking expensive. But I can promise you, if I do decide to do that, it's going to be something that will change your life. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, uh, guys, I just want to say thank you so much for the support. Well, you got something to say? Yeah, I want to. Re- I, I was just sitting here. I'm kind of like gazing off through the window. And you think <clears throat> you made a comment earlier. This is how my mind works. But you made a comment earlier. This is your little clip clip to go to guide for the new salespeople. Uh, I would say you're wrong. I would say that most salespeople don't understand these concepts. Dude, look, I, look, I thought about that after I said that and you're hundred percent right because I, what I was speaking though, these are basic to me. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I, sometimes I get caught up and I, I say things like that where I'm like, Oh, this is basic shit. And I discounted as basic because I've been doing it for 20 fucking years. Yeah. You know what I mean? But this is really basic shit. This is a whole podcast. And if you haven't, if you're not implementing these, these techniques that we talked about, these five easy techniques, uh, you know, don't tell people they're wrong. Uh, make a friend, make a sale, you know, show how your problem solves a solution, uh, not the features, go the extra mile and know your fucking product and have a great product to sell. If you don't do those, those, those are basic to me. And if you're not doing that, effectively the way that we've talked about it here you haven't even begun down your journey of becoming successful in sales okay so while you're right i agree with you and that's a great point i they are basic to me and i understand that most people don't do this so i definitely spoke from a different perspective there but um but guys you know this is something that you should not just listen to but try to grasp you know, don't just put this in your head and then walk away from it. This is a podcast and we'll have more of these too. Cause I'm trying to like bring out the practical tools. You know, I love, I love doing the motivation shit and I, I, I really enjoy that, but I want to give you guys the practical tools as well. And so we're trying to, you know, keep Tuesdays for practicality and, uh, Thursdays for biting your fucking face off. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but these are the foundational tools that will make you, like Sal said, financially free. You know, will you become a, a decamillionaire? I don't know. It depends on how fucking much you work and how good your product is. But I can tell you right now, you definitely aren't going to fucking struggle if you know this shit. Bottom line. Um, guys, you know, in closing, I just want to say thank you for all the support. I see a lot of you guys reposting. You know, I always ask because we don't charge anything for really anything that all I ask for is that you bring me a listener, bring me a friend. You know, if you find something of value, share it. Uh, you guys are doing that, and I appreciate that. Um, and I just want to say thank you for that, and thank you for all your support. And if there's anything that we can do for you guys, uh, content-wise, you have ideas for a podcast, you have ideas for something you want us to hit, dude, throw it in my comments on my Instagram. That's where I'm going to see it. Um, and other than that, guys, we will see you on Thursday. Appreciate you guys having me in. One year in the making, I finally nice. made the cut. Uh-huh. Thanks for coming. Okay, what's up? Shut up. Uh-huh. Okay, what's up? Okay, shut up. Uh-huh. Okay, what's up? Shut up.